All right, today we are in the final of the seven I am's of Jesus from the Gospel of John. I am the bread, I am the light, I am the gate and the good shepherd, I am the resurrection, and I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And then today we are here, I am the vine. Jesus says, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Let's let's pray. Let me pray and then get into the word. Okay. Father, we thank you for your word right here in John chapter 15. We thank you, Lord God, that through this word that we can that that you speak spoken so tenderly to us. Lord, that some of the I am's uh, led to, led to uh, uh, opposition from its hearers. Some of the I am's were, were, were big and, and, and thundering. Some of the I am's were displayed with, 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 with signs and miracles. And, but Lord, you saved the most tender-hearted I am for the last one. The one where you intimately told your disciples, I am divine. I am divine. You are the branches. Abide in me. Remain in me. So, Father, today we want our attention to remain in your word. We want our focus to remain in your word. We want our hearts to be plugged in into your word, Lord God, so that your word and your life, the word is the light and that light is the life of men, that that life can flow from your throne room in heaven into our veins and into our hearts and into our lives, Lord. So, Father, today we want every faculty of our body, mind, soul, spirit, everything to really zoom into you, tune into you so that we can be nourished by your blood and by your body today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. All right. John 15, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. I've got it on a piece of paper, so I'm going to read it here, right? I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So you can see the difference already, okay? Um, So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Right? So verse 5 in the next section, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, somebody say my words, my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in His love. Father, may you add your blessing and power upon the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Wow. John 15, 
I am the I am the vine, you are the branches, right? This is the the metaphor here is a grapevine, right? The grapevine uh, uh, goes from the source, okay, and then it stretches out, and then throughout that grapevine there are little twigs, little branches, and out of these branches come grapes, okay? It comes fruit. Now, you can cut it at the root. You can cut the you can cut the vine, okay, or you can cut the shoot, right? You can cut the branches, whatever it is, wherever you cut, in the moment it is broken from the vine, it dies, okay? Um, you, cut, you cut it one place, you cut it another place, it takes different amounts of time before you see it in a dead form. But the moment you cut, you're dead, right? And Jesus is the abiding vine. He is the vine that will never be broken. He is the vine uh, uh, um, that gives life Always, this is the same vine that in John 1 says, I am the light, that light is the life of man, right? That he is the source of all life. John 10, 10, I've come to give abundant life through what? Through the abiding in the vine. So, so let's, let, let's take a look at this. I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me as I in you and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And, and I think it, there's, there's a certain pattern to this verse that I want you to see, right? I'm the vine, you are the branches is the overarching uh, 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 metaphor, right? That's the metaphor. I'm the vine, you are the branches, okay? And then the middle part. The middle part works very much like that famous other verse uh, where Jesus invites his disciples to join him. Remember when Jesus goes to his disciples for the first time and he says, come, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. You're familiar with this. If you're a leader in church, you would have uh, probably done Timothy class and, and you've heard us break this down. Come is the invitation. Follow me is the process. I'll make you fishers of men. Right? Fishers of men is the end product, right? And you know this, the same pattern applies in this middle section right here. Remain is the invitation. Jesus is inviting you to an action. He's inviting you into a posture and that invitation is for you to remain. The process is in me and I in you. That relationship, that transaction, that covenant that you are in me and I am in you. This is the process of remaining. The connectedness is the process, right? And what's the end product? You will bear much fruit. Invitation, process, end product. The invitation is remain in Jesus. The process is remain how? In me and I in you. The end product is that you will bear much fruit. Now, my friends, the reason why this is so important for us to know is because, um, is because when you do not abide in Him, Jesus Himself says that you can't bear fruit. And later, He says in verse 5 that apart from me, you can do nothing. And that might be, it might sound like an overstatement, but I really believe it's not. Without Jesus, it's not like you can't do anything, like you can't wake up, like you can't go to the bathroom, like you can't, you know, have a meal. That's not what he means. But what he means is that you can't do anything, one, of eternal value. You can't do anything of true worth. You can't fulfill your, your destiny, the calling that God has given you, the great, uh, uh, um, the great purpose for your life. None of that can be fulfilled if you try to live outside of 
the connectedness to God. Now, a few, uh, uh, a few days ago, I was... Um, Talking about the other pastors, right? Um, and and the and the conversation uh, led to the health of the sheep in the church. And and we we've been hearing um, that some people were saying that oh, very malas. I want to go to church these days. You know, online. I'm so fatigued with Zoom and with online and with everything. So fatigued with YouTube. So fatigued with everything. Don't really wanna. Uh, uh, um, don't really have the have it in me to show up. Wow, Sunday also got a go on it, you know, and, and so we were talking about this, and then I was asked, how would you, how would you speak uh, um, to our, because we genuinely, we genuinely want our sheep to be well, right, we're pastors in the house, we, we genuinely want our sheep uh, to be well, and so, and so, well, you guys are on Zoom, so I can see you all every week, right, but some, uh, but every week, you know, some, uh, 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 I'm sure some of you, um, or some of, so, some of us are not here every single week, and to begin with, my heart, my hope is that every one of you is connected to the vine, whether you are in this call or not, right? Um, but, but our concern went to those who are really have gone like four months, you know, five months, really like just kind of cruising and, and, and not really showing up for online church. And so, and so I was asked, Fevers, what will you say? What will you say uh, 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 to our friends, you know? And I thought about it, and I want to share with you what I would say. Because we live in exceptional times, and that's the first thing that I want to say, is that we live in exceptional times. We have never encountered this before. And as a church, we are used to coming together and and. Pre-packing food, if you can say it, right? The word is like food, right? I'm the bread of life. We're used to pre-packing this food and serving it to you guys right here on Sungai Bulo in this manner. We haven't met physically, but maybe in the main church even, that we feed it one shot to like 4,000 people, right? Over a weekend. Now, here's the thing. We are living in exceptional times and our methods of delivery have had to change. And because they've had to change, we have, we, that everybody uh, um, has been cooperating with each other. And I know that, that, that the, the whole f uh, uh, family of believers is, is kind of like patient and, and gracious with the church for trying different things online. And the church is patient and gracious with the sheep, you know, for, for, for coming in. Sometimes Sunday doesn't work. Sometimes you watch it on Monday night. It's okay, right? And that's what I want to say to you that if that because the the times are exceptional, because and, and thank God it's like we we are becoming uh, um, we're slowly hopefully getting out of this exceptional. But but guess what? Because the times have been exceptional, your methods of our methods of delivery and your mode of consumption have also had to had, had to evolve. And so in the wake of everything that we are facing, my only hope for all of you guys and for the rest of our SIB family and for Christians all over the world who have had to cope with this is stay in Jesus. And I know that, that because everything is so different, that maybe the, what usually used to work for you may not work anymore. You used to love rocking up to church, but now just watching a, uh, 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 the, the YouTube playback of our service or something like that just isn't cutting it. Maybe you're missing the physical element, but guess what? Maybe in the midst of all this, uh, you found yourself, uh, say, a Tim Keller book or a John Piper book, and that works for you. That's like, that's like honey to your mouth. Right now, if that's like the only thing that works, stay on it. 
don't let go, you know. The form right now is like shape-shifting day and night. But if you can drink and you find some water source, stay on it. Is it like one prayer altar that really works because you really related to them and you're praying together? Stay on it. Drink from that pool for dear life. Is it your cell group? Maybe nothing else works other than your cell group's breakout session at the end. Maybe that little 20 minutes of the whole week is the only part that really nourishes you. And you know what? We're not going to come in and say, oh, you got to try and make... No, just if that works, stay on it. Make it work, drink deep, drink rich and be nourished. Whatever it is, if there is an IV line from somewhere uh, um, in the whole gamut of things that church is putting out that can go into your vein and nourish you and keep you alive, just don't die. My friends, in this season, just hang on with Jesus. And why is Fergus saying this now that we are regathering for the first week back in, in broadcast room, that we are showing signs that we are returning back to normal? Why have I chosen now to say this? Well, firstly, it's circumstantial, but more importantly, just because we are emerging from, from exceptional times doesn't mean that we won't be flung back into it in the future. It's, we, we really have to be so much more nimble in the days ahead so that we know that if exceptional situations strike us again, that we can pivot, adjust, uh, adapt and change and get back into um, whatever mode that used to feed us. And guess what? If it ever happens a uh, next round, God forbid, and you try to go back to whatever worked the last time and it doesn't keep looking for grass. But whatever it is, stay alive. Just don't die. That is in its crudest way a summary of John 15, I am the vine. Stay in the vine. Die, die, don't die. Okay, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's one uh, for you to remember. Die, die, don't die. Okay, um, I've got, uh, and, 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 and really at the heart of it is this, connected branches, connected branches thrive and survive. But disconnected branches dry and die. And that's the picture Jesus is giving to us. As long as you stay in the vine, you are connected, you will thrive. You will thrive in the vine, but and even if the weather, even if the, the, the environment around you becomes extremely harsh, as I'm sure, it has been for many of you. And even if you are not thriving, like, like blooming and blossoming and like you know, pouring out with like life and, and, and all that, but you know what? Even when everything is parched and dying and you are, re you are connected to the vine, you still survive. You weather the drought. You weather the famine. That's what happens when you're a connected branch. But disconnected branches dry and die. You get cut off, eventually you will dry up, everything will be gone, you will look like you are still in it for a while more, but eventually you will dry up and then it's over, right? Something in your heart just goes, right? And I don't want that for any of you. So that's a quick kind of like summary of John 15, I am divine. Now, Three points that I want to show you, you know, as we get into the meat of the sermon. And I want to, as I show you this, you know, we want to unpack three different things. So, um, let's take a look. Okay, you can see it on the screen. The first point is, to abide is to obey. Everybody say, to abide is to obey, right? 
Number two, only shoots in roots bear fruit. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for all these cheesy one-liners. My, y'all may not know this, but my good friend Jong An has just uh, left Malaysia to go to uh, to, to, to Australia uh, to see his uh, his family there. And I think the Jong An anointing uh, floated around KL and landed on me. I'm like, why? I'm the wrong conduit for this anointing. And then uh, it, it, when it comes out from him, it sounds so cool. When it comes out from me, it sounds so cheesy. So please forgive me, but today has so many cheesy lines. I'm so sorry. Okay, whereas I only shoot in roots. Only the shoots that are connected to the root. Only shoots in roots bear fruit. That's the second point. We'll look into that later. But the third point is this, that there is also pruning in the process. I shared with you just now that abiding me, I in you, the middle section is the process, but there is pruning in the process. Let's get into the first one. To abide is to obey. Verse 7 of John 15 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will bear much fruit, right? If you remain in me and what? My what? My what? My words remain in you. And verse 10 says, If you keep my commands, if you keep my commands. So my friends, abiding in Jesus, now, now we know we got to abide in Him, but what does abiding look like? Friends, just because you showed up for online church, which I was making a big deal about a moment ago, doesn't mean necessarily mean you have started abiding in Jesus. It's the first step. It's a necessary, helpful first step that facilitates you abiding. But I won't say necessary. It is a very, very helpful first step. You know, because there are other, as I was sharing, there are other means, but it's a helpful one. But it doesn't in itself mean that you have already started abiding. You can be in cell and not abide. You can be in a prayer altar and not abide. You can be out serving the poor and not abide. You can or you may not because what is the core of abiding? What is the real essence of remaining in Jesus? You'll hear me use this expression, abide and remain, right? Um, because um, some translations use one word or the other. What is the essence of remaining in Jesus? Remaining in His Word. If you abide in my commands, my love will abide in you, right? So, so what does this mean for us practically? What it means is that we must consume the Word of God as Jesus, the bread of life, remember Jesus, the bread of life, we must consume the Word of God and allow it to really change us, pass through us. And, and, and I, want to, I want you to see this, um, that, that when we call Jesus the bread of life, right? It's so much crisscross in the IMs. When we call Jesus the bread of life, let's think about what happens to bread when we eat it, okay? Because as bread transforms us, so does the Word of God and Jesus the bread transform us. Remember, the Word becomes flesh and that flesh is given to us, right? So, so when you eat bread, you chew on it, right? In the same way, chew on the Word, right? When you eat bread, your, your, your body, your, 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 your saliva and your, 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 your digestive juices will break it down, right? In the same way, Chew down, break down the Word of God, right? Get into it, dismantle it, let it, let it, let it, have, let, let it go through a process inside you. As your body digests the bread, so should we 
digest the word. Let it really uh, be absorbed into us. Bread fills you and satisfies you. In the same way, let the word fill you, satisfy you, fill your hunger, fill your greatest need um, for sustenance. As bread nourishes you, let the word nourish you. It will rebuild and repair you. All the parts of you that's broken, that's, that, that, that's sick, that's wounded, the bread and food will repair you and replenish you. In the same way, let the word of God come in and repair you, heal you, restore all the broken parts, all the wounded parts, all the parts that are bleeding and crying. Let the word come in and repair you and replenish you. Bread will grow you, so will the Word. Bread becomes eventually part of you. The carbon particles break down, the nutrients get in, everything gets in. It becomes a part of you. So does the Word. The Word has to become part of us, right? And in the end, the bread transforms you. And so should the Word. It makes you a different person. Every day, you're a slightly different person. You go, you go get a weighing scale. Every day, you weigh yourself. You realise every day, you are, you, you, are, you are like a little river, right? You can't step into it the same river twice. Same thing, right? Every day, the bread that you eat is transforming you a little bit by little bit deep inside. So should the Word. And it gives you, at the end of all this, the bread gives you strength, to act. It gives you strength to have agency. It gives you strength to get out there and make a difference. So does the word remain in my word. Anyone who does what I command, my love shall remain in him. So my friends, holding on, allowing that word to come in and really, really go through us, go right through our heart, our soul, our mind, that it filters right through and becomes part of us. That's what it means to remain in Him and obey His commands. Now, this is not the only part of Bible that speaks this way about the importance of obeying His Word, right? Because it must, after all of this, bread must result in strength that leads us out to act. And in the same way, your consumption of the Word must result finally in the, in the strength to go out and act as if God exists, to live as if a God who needs to be feared is waiting for you at the end of your life and we live according to righteous ways. That's what we are called to, the parable of the seeds and the soil. Remember? The, the, so we can take this slide off, okay. Um, um, so the parable of the seeds and the soil, right? Uh, um, uh, farmer goes, scatters seeds, it lands in four different places, okay? And then the one, Right, the, the, the one that lands on good soil. How does Jesus describe it? He says, this is the one who hears the word and understands. You know what understands means? It means that this guy heard the word and it went right through his digestive system and it became part of him. He heard the word and understood. That guy bore fruit. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Fruitfulness comes from obedience uh, obedient abiding, right? But that's not the only one as well. Remember the parable of the two houses and the two foundations, right? One was built on a house of sand, one was built on a house of rock, right? And then how does Jesus enter that little parable? He says, anyone who hears my words and he hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. It's like 
this house built on rock. So hearing the word and putting it into practice means that you hear the word, it goes through the process of being digested and becoming part of you and then you put it into practice. That's what it means to abide in the vine. My friends, you may read the Bible and that is good news. But my friends, do you let the Bible read you? You may read the Word, but do you let the Bible read you? Do you let the Bible scan through you? Do you let the Bible unveil and unearth all kinds of things inside you? Spot, you know, Bible reading you is a little bit like doing a, 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 a scan disk on your computer. It's like, it's like running a virus check, you know. It will scan through and then ping, it will warn you like, okay, this thing, you know, um, not quite right. This thing, warning, this thing. And then like the big one, bam, bam, you know, you got this virus here, you want to clean, you want to clean click clean you know and then jesus blood will come and clean you something like that okay a lot more grimy a lot more time taken but it's like that when you allow the scriptures to search you to read you to scan you and to uh, and to expose all the things inside you that's what happens when you're connected to the vine so that's the first point Abide in me, I in you, okay? The first point to abide is to obey. Now, the second point, right? The second point I want to show you is only shoots that are in the root. Shoots that are not in the root don't bear fruit. Shoots that are in the root bear fruit, okay? So, so let's look at the Bible again, right? Uh, 15 verse 4, Remain in me as I in you, right? No branch can bear fruit unless it remains in the vine, in the same way, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me, apart from me. Verse 5 says, you can do nothing. My friends, you guys like planting stuff. I like the idea of planting stuff. My father, so we can take, we can take this slide off. My father is super green-fingered, right? Uh, so maybe if he shows up uh, uh, later um, in the Zoom call, if you see him, you can say hello to Dr. Ong. You know, um, he, he, he's super green-fingered. Growing up, we had Bogen Villa uh, um, in our garden and, and he used to like graft the, the white Bogen Villa with the pink one, with the red one, with the, with, and, and like and it was so beautiful. And then he would have his mango tree, you know, and his mango trees always bloom really, always produce really good fruit. And then he got suddenly like like about uh, then then as I became an adult, suddenly he's got passion fruit, and he's got my dad's like green fingered man. I aspire to green fingers, but my fingers were made for keyboards. Okay, my fingers are quite useless in the garden. I tried, I really tried for a few years. I had this garden patch, and like and like it was so bad, right? It was so bad. But you know what? You know what? I learned one thing. I learned one thing that it is true that if your if your if your if your crop if your plant, you know, is kind of like half dangling off the, the main branch if it's not connected properly. You know, sometimes you go in and you kind of like do stuff and then you like ruin your plants, you know. And that's what happens, right? Um, only the shoots in the roots will bear you any fruit, right? And so, and so um, I, want, I want you to see that, that, that this agricultural kind of metaphor is quite foreign to us because let's be honest, how many of us keep plants these days? And how many of us do it well? I know uh, um, un Uncle David, Auntie Jenny have like really nice garden with lots of things, right? I know that, that Uncle Frankie and Auntie Jenny have a really nice garden too and they plant really nice things also. Like, 
I got that. Okay, I can't brag about it. Maybe one day. Okay, but but one of the things I've learned is that crops take time. Crops take time. And if you if you ever keep and tend to a garden, you will learn this one thing, right? All the weeds. Okay, what well, I like to joke, all the crap. Okay, grows fast, but the crop. Okay, grow slow, right? Um, and, so, and so, one of the things we must always remember is that when Jesus says, remain in me, it is an invitation to a gentle, slow, day-by-day, long-enduring process of remaining in Him. And we are used to like, kind of like typing on our keyboards, hitting buttons and getting like instant results. And that's not what agriculture is like. And in the same way, that's not what remaining in the vine is like. That's not what discipleship is like. We, we get into Jesus, we stay in Jesus, and then rain and shine, just like the plants. And then no matter what kind of storms hit, no matter what kind of drought hits, as long as we are stuck on Him, right, that eventually He will grow you. But it is a long, and uh, it's a long journey and it is an invitation into be having endurance and staying with Him. And maybe for all of us, we need to plant just one thing, one physical plant and watch it half survive, half live whenever you care for it and watch it die if you don't so that we can learn what it's like for crop to grow slow, right? But, but we need, we need to learn this thing because it's part of our walk with Jesus. Remaining in the vine is a lifelong journey and fruit does not show up overnight. And we have to remember this, especially for serving team. Serving team, I'm telling all of us this, man. You want fruit to show up overnight? We are so mistaken. Fruit, it's not going to show up overnight, right? If you're a cell leader, you know this. You have been serving as a cell leader for two, three, four, five, some of you six years now. Fruit does not show up overnight. But you guys remain faithful, right? You stuck in on Jesus. And over time, the Lord brought people, the Lord brought a refreshing and you saw fruit arise. Thanks be to God. If you quit on the second year, if you quit on the third year, you may never have seen it. But today, you are seeing it. All of you, it will be like that when you walk with Jesus. And so, what is the key when we think about bearing fruit? Not the fruit. Not the fruit. It is the abiding. It is the remaining. You know, we always say this. Pastor Chi always tells us this. Inspect. You can't expect what you don't inspect. He always tells us this. Leaders, you can't expect what you don't inspect. So, so what you want to expect, you have to watch it. You have to inspect the thing that you, are, that you want to grow. So, what are we inspecting? Are we inspecting the fruit on the, on the end of the shoot? No. What should we be inspecting? Inspect your root. Inspect your abiding. Pay attention to your abiding. The fruit will come. My friends, the fruit will come. But pay attention to your abiding. Tend your abiding. Care. Cultivate your abiding. Cultivate your time with Jesus. Will the fruit come? Maybe this season still no fruit. Still cultivate your abiding. Will the fruit come? Maybe a little bit and then it seems to crash. And you're like, oh God, why? Cultivate your abiding. Whatever you do, stay in the vine. Keep your eyes on the vine. Keep your eyes on the joints between you and the vine. That is the most important thing because tell you what, the moment you take your eye 
of your abiding and onto the fruit and you say, wow, suddenly we've got people. Wow, suddenly it seems like we can do great things. And you know what? Your eyes are on the end product. Your eyes are not on the factory, but your eyes are on the end product and you become product-driven. You become external-driven. You become, you start making decisions based on optics for the whole world to see because the world must see that you are successful. Then you become like, 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 a, like, like a business that has to posture, you know, in order to make, to draw more people in. You know, you, you, you know that there are businesses like that, right? You have to posture. If you don't posture, people won't think you're successful. If people think you're successful, they will come. And then hopefully it can build up genuine success. That's not the way of Jesus in our walk with Him. His way is watch, tend, cultivate your link to Him. Is it hidden from the whole world? Yes, most hidden, most absolutely covered behind the closed door. That's why Jesus said, when you want to pray, don't pray in the street corner so that the whole world can see you. That's end product stuff. We are not end product people in an in a, in a essential sense. We are going to the room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen in its essential sense. That's what we fixate on, our abiding in Jesus. Will the world change? Yes, it will. Because the promises of God is that if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. You know, my friends, I can, I can tell you this about the dangers of being very fruit-focused, okay? When you're fruit-focused, now, recently, I had a tree tumbang in my garden, right? I had this tiny tree uh, um, that, that one day shot up to like this. And I looked at it and I thought, maybe I'll just, you know, take the shear and cut it, right? And I thought, never mind. I will just let it grow and just see how it goes. And then one day, it became a foot high. And I thought, let's just let it grow. And it grew and it grew and it grew. And it grew until it was one and a half stories high. It was really big. It spread its branches out. Um, and then during the recent storms, you know, it tumbang, right? And when it tumbang, okay, I really had no time to go and clear that whole thing, you know. So, so, um, so the tree was off. Right? The, the, the base was already off. It was, it was sticking out from the ground. And the next day, the leaves were still green. But the tree is dead. But the next day, the leaves were still green. It took one and a half, two to three days before the leaves started to really noticeably discolor. And so, if I'm looking at the fruit and I'm looking at the leaves and I'm thinking, oh, leaves are still quite green. I think this, strictly speaking, if I'm only looking at the leaves, I might think the tree is still alive after one day. And, and I've been told that, that a fruit tree can have its roots start rotting, but you can have one season cycle of fruit, maybe even two seasons worth of cycle of fruit that are decent to even good fruit. Because maybe there's some muscle memory, maybe there's momentum, maybe whatever it is. Now, I'm not, I'm not agriculturally, so I don't know, right? But it, I've been told that it can happen. And before the rot in the root gets all the way up into the shoot. Now, my friends, has the tree already started dying? Yes, it has. Do you see it in the fruit? No, not yet. And so, my friends, 
as we uh, as we go about following Jesus, I really want every single one of us to take our eyes off the fruit because if you trust in fruit, if you trust in the external uh, um, uh, uh, manifestations of what you do, if that is all you're looking at, then you, you know what? You won't even catch it if there is a rot in the root. You won't even catch it if the tree has already tumbang because all you're saying is, it still looks good. It still looks good. Still got people. Still got lots of people. But tend to the place behind closed doors. That's Jesus' command to us. And then I will bear fruit. In other words, my friends, the most important part of fruitfulness is not fruitfulness. The most important part of fruitfulness is your faithfulness. It's your faithfulness. Or if I can say it differently, faithfulness is our part. Fruitfulness is God's part. You and I, our job is to stay faithful. You can't push fruit out. Right? If you do, it's not fruit. It's plastic fruit. It's not, it's not the real thing, right? You and I, our job is to stay in the vine. Faithfulness is our part of the deal. Fruitfulness is God's part of the deal. Let Him bear fruit. Let us stay faithful. Amen? Amen? All right. Cool. Oh, gosh. We are running out of time. You know, Jesus said, that one day, there'll be people coming to him saying, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we, you know, heal the sick? Didn't we do all these miracles and all these things? You know, he says, away from me. I don't know you. And that to me reminds me of the fruit trees that have rotten from the inside, but their fruits still continue to manifest for a short season or two. And so you can go back and brag about that, man. You can go back and brag about, oh, once I had all these things, but the rot had already set in. My friends, careful. Careful. Okay? Careful. Okay. Um, three points. First point is to abide is to obey. Second point is only shoots in roots bear fruit. And the third point, and with this, I will close, there is pruning in the process. My father is the gardener. I'm divine. My father is the gardener. My, I, my, my, my real father is also a gardener, as I, as I shared with you just now. But, but Jesus said, my father is the spiritual gardener. And he comes to the vine. He inspects every shoot. He inspects every branch. And the branches that bear fruit, he will prune. The branches that don't bear fruit, he says, this is taking up excess, right? And that's how you, that's the whole point of pruning, is that you want to, that, that the ones that are not doing it, you just cut them off, you trim it down, so that the maximum amount of nourishment goes to the branches that do bear fruit. Now, my friends, my friends, pruning is part of the process. And I know you and I don't like pruning. I know every time it, the pruning comes, it hurts. It's painful to be pruned. It's painful to be pruned. But I believe some of you have heard it before also, that the Father is closest to you when He is pruning. As the gardener is closest to the plant when he is pruning, so is the father closest to you when it hurts. And every time he takes something away from you, friends, I know you are screaming. I'm screaming too, my friends. Like every time he takes something away from me, I'm like, I'm like having a huge allergic reaction. Like, God, no. God, can you just let me have this one thing? God, please. Ah, it hurts, right? It hurts. Of course it hurts. We don't want to be pruned. But God needs to prune us. If not, our fruit will not 
increase. And then what you have is a law of diminishing returns and then we just stagnate and then we regress. But God says that I need to prune you. I need to cut off some of the things that cannot be there. Pruning is in the process. That's what abiding in Him means, is that we allow Him to cut off parts of us that He does not want there. And that's what's going to happen, my friends, when you, when you allow the Word into your heart to search you and scan you and He sees this virus, 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 bad sector, this and that. He's going to prune all these things out and it's going to hurt. But my friends, trust Him. Trust Him that He has your best interests at heart, that He is pruning you for your, for your beautification, your sanctification, and your eventual glorification. Trust the gardener. Amen? Amen. Romans 12. And in closing, Romans 12. I urge you, brothers, I urge you, brothers, and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice lays down its own life so that it can be killed. It's like the most extreme form of pruning. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My friends, when God comes to prune you, He is pruning you to renew you. In the same way, every time you are pruning, you are being pruned, it's like a part of your flesh is laid down as a sacrifice. And you let it go to exchange for something better. That's what Good Friday is about. That Jesus Christ laid down His life to exchange for all of us and Him resurrected something better. And his disciples said, no, no, you shall not go to your death. Jesus said, no, you don't know what I'm supposed to do. You don't know what you're talking about. What I'm going to do, where I'm going to go is better. It is better for all of us, the whole universe, that this takes place. In the same way, the pruning may be painful, but God is renewing you. Stay through the pain. Stay till the rain. I know some days it's really dry. I know this weird one year now has been really strange for all of us. And some days you feel dry. Stay through the pain of pruning. Stay through the rain of the drought. Again, 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 again. Abide in me. Don't stop. Just don't die. Hang in on Him and allow Him to nourish you. Because disconnected branches may die and dry, but connected branches will nourish and flourish, my friends. He will, you, he will nourish you. You will flourish one day. Let us pray. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that kuasamu, kuasamu, menguatkanku, Menguatkanku, Lord God. Your strength, your power strengthens me. You, you will be, becomes dasaku berharap. Why do I have a hope? Why do I have a hope? My hope is because I'm connected to the vine. If I'm disconnected from the vine, I'm finished. I've no no hope left. But no matter how 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 hot the weather is, no matter how dry the ground is, I still can hope. I still can hope. Why? Because I'm connected to the vine. Dasa kuberharap is that your kuasa 
can guard kan ku. Amen. So my friends, I just pray for every single one of you that no matter what storm you are facing, that the Lord who to whom you are connected will nourish you and restore you back to good health in His time. Don't be impatient. Hang in on Him. He will bring you out eventually. Come, let us worship. Lionel, why, why don't you lead us in worship? Hallelujah. bersyukur Tuhan kami bersyukur kami kata terima kasih thank you Jesus thank you Jesus kini aku percaya tiada yang mustahil nothing is impossible for you Lord God and kini aku berserah I surrender kepada apa? kepada panggilanmu what is that panggilan? that panggilan is the invitation abide in me remain in me I serahkan myself I surrender myself into this invitation to remain in you ku kan setia I will be faithful I will be faithful all the way till the very end sampai akhir hidupku I will hang in there with you until the very end my friends stay through the pain stay till the rain stay again 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 Kukan setia sampai akhir hidupku. My friends, right now, commit your life afresh to Jesus. Commit your life.
afresh to Jesus. Father, we thank you for this reminder from your word and the closing, the closure of the seven I am's. We pray that in this last uh, 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 seven weeks, we can see and savor Jesus. Jesus, the bread who nourishes us. Jesus, the light who sets the path for us. Jesus, the gate through whom we pass. Jesus, the good shepherd who lays down his life. Jesus, the resurrection who brings us back from the dead. Jesus, the way, that one and only way. Jesus, the vine who nourishes us back to good health every single day. Thank you, Jesus. My friends, right now, just look at Jesus. Father, I thank you for every one of my friends here, my family. In Jesus' name, may you close this service with your love, with your grace, with your mercy, and with your, and with your tender heart. Father, I pray, Father God, that we will remain in you, and every day your words will remain in us, and we will obey you. We will obey you properly, kao kao, all the way, until the very end. We pray that you will give us soft hearts, that we will not be stiff-necked, but you will give us soft hearts, Lord God. And we'll turn our eyes upon Jesus. Let everything else become blurry so that Jesus be our focus. Father, we thank you. May this Sunday be a good day for everybody in this church and everybody in the wider SIB family. We pray, Lord God, for all the churches that are reopening this weekend, next weekend for Easter. We pray for their safety. We pray for the whole Jama'at of Christian people in KL and in Malaysia as we reopen. Keep us all safe. Father, we pray for, for the Passion Week coming up, that we'll, our hearts will be drawn ever closer to you. And for our Good Friday service and our Resurrection Sunday service, we pray for life, abundant life, to spring up in the midst of us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. All right.